the next several weeks as I, I bring something to you that I'll tell you what has just come alive again within me on a different realm within different information but certainly the, the same principles and as we get into this I, I think it's important and I think it's not only that but it's timely I believe God is saying something I'm excited to share this with you not only today but over the next couple weeks I hope you picked up uh, one of the uh, notes pages for you to take notes when you came in. It's going to be huge and important, especially with what we have to share at the end. I believe you're going to want to have those words. So we'll get to that in just a second. But in order to set this up just a little bit to remind us, take a look at this video, if you would. I want you to think about those words. We're going to start, like I said, a series on something I did about 12 years ago. And, 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 and it's called Mind Invaders. Now, because of the change up and what we'll be covering, it, 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 I'm calling it Mind Invaders 2.0, okay? And I'd like to begin, if you would, in First or Second Corinthians in chapter 10. And let's take a look at these words that Paul is sharing here. He says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Hello. We do not wage war as the world does. Now, what I'm trying to do here over these next several weeks, beginning with today, is to give you weapons. And... and, and, and it's all about giving you these weapons. I, like I said, I spent time on this before, but the goal is to give you weapons. Everybody say weapons. <laughs> you sound so excited. Can't hardly wait. But it, look, if you're in battle, how many know if you're in battle, you need weapons? Are you in battle? I think so. Uh, no. Well, then you've already been. Never, never. See, here's the thing. If you're in battle, how many. Are, you know, are getting up every day, and the truth is, when they get up, they're in battle. So let's let's finish the verse. It says, "The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world." 
On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments. We demolish strongholds. We demolish every pretension that sets itself up against, against what? The knowledge of God. And we take every captive, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. <clears throat> Hello, somebody. Uh, take a look at the uh, person next to you. How do they look? They, they look scared to death, don't they? Good. Good, 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 good. Look, look, look. Mm. The Apostle Paul sounds like, it, 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 he makes it sound like an aggressive warrior in this text. It, it's as if he believes that the biggest battle of our lives is the battle of the mind. And, and notice the intensity. Notice the aggressive, militant nature of his words. Because my first point to you is this. Way too many people are too casual about their minds. Way too many people are casual about their minds. He says, we demolish. We demolish. We demolish. We demolish strongholds. This is Paul. This is the part of Christianity that way too many people are just simply oblivious to. They think, you know, they think like, you know, Christianity is all this lovey-dovey kind of thing. No. Sometimes Christianity is about demolishing strongholds, arguments, pretensions. It's about taking captive every thought and making it obedient to Christ. Can somebody say amen? The, the Apostle Paul is saying that we have to fight against strongholds. Say it again. We have to fight against strongholds. Hello. Now, now understand this. Strongholds are a negative pattern of thinking that is ingrained in you. How many can say amen to that about their neighbor? But it's true. Strongholds are a negative pattern of thinking that is ingrained in you. You, you got it as a child or, or, or picked it up from a parent or maybe a, a, a peer. Stronghold. Stronghold. It is a negative pattern of thinking. And, and when, when he says arguments and pretensions, he's referring to internal dialogue that promotes Fear promotes anxiety, worry, stress, doubt, internal dialogue that promotes stupid. Oh, okay, let me, let me, let, uh, Bible word instead. Foolish. It's all over the scriptures. Any dialogue internally that elevates itself against the knowledge of God, against what God says, this is what I'm referring to. We are talking about mind invaders. It's, it's, it's any thought, any internal dialogue that makes the thinking pattern 
opposite of the knowledge of God. We're talking about a pattern of thought that is based on a knowledge of God, only just the opposite is what we call a mind invader. It will produce an entirely different life. Look, in the knowledge of God, you'll live in truth. You'll live in peace. You'll live in unity. You'll live in, you'll live in wisdom. You'll live in the knowledge of God. But again, I'll tell you that you got to fight for it. The kingdom of God suffers violent, and what? The violent take it by force. So, so let me give you this next point. The biggest battle of your life is the battle of your mind. It's not your neighbor. It's not with politics. It's not the, the battle with your, your wife or your, or your husband. The biggest battle that you'll ever fight in your life is the battle of your mind. I've always, I've always loved sports. I, I'm not, you know, a huge enthusiast about it because I'm a Browns fan. Yeah, you know what I mean? But, you know, when I played Little League, that's because I was little. <laughs> we, we didn't worry about people getting their feelings hurt. Hello? Not like today where everybody, you know, everybody who plays gets a trophy. When I played baseball, somebody come up to bat and we began to chant, easy batter, easy batter, easy, 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 easy batter. And then they'd step up the plate and we'd go, swing, batter, 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 swing, swing, batter, 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 swing, swing. You know, where's he going with this one? Well, the idea is if you want to win the game, you can't let what they say bother you. You can't let that intimidate you or even distract you because that's going to mess you up. And then as you get past Little League, have you ever noticed it just turns the trash talk? You know, you, you, you watch the, the football players down on the field today, this afternoon, yesterday, and they're on the line, they're saying, I'm going to beep, beep, beep. And after the game, they're, oh, I love you, brother. <laughs> yeah. But on the line, they're talking trash. Now, a good coach will teach you to what? Stay focused. Don't let the opponent get in your head. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind, even if you're a Christian. But, well, I go to church every week, you know, I love Jesus. You still can't have a positive life with a negative mind. A lot of Christians have negative minds full of invaders. Christians even have what we call religious mind invaders. They, they, they are, are on their way to heaven, but their life's a mess. You can't have a positive life with a negative mind. So, here's your first weapon. And I got homework for you. I didn't come to church to get homework. Oh, yes, you did. You are to say this to yourself 32 times this week. At least 32 times. You need to tell yourself, I cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. I cannot have a positive mind, life with a negative mind. I cannot 
have a positive life with a negative mind. 32 times this week. Hello? Tell them. Turn to your neighbor tell them, I'm going to keep you accountable. You negative thing, you. Do you know why that's so important? Seriously? Everyone wants a positive life, but you can't have it with a negative mind. If, if you say this, if you talk to yourself like this, it will get you started in, value of, in valuing the power of your mind. It, it will begin to start you this week in a battlefield where there's a lot of chatter going on and there's a lot of swing, batter, swing, you know, intimidation going on. And if you can say in your head, I cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. I cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. I'll tell you again, the biggest battle of your life is the battle of your mind. Well, let, me, let, me, let me take it to this point. You never have to look for negative thoughts. They find you. But you have to be intentionally positive. A number of years ago, we, we, it was an interesting year. We started seeing this critter in our house called a stink bug. Oh, you know what I'm talking about then. Well, you know, we'd see a few here, a few there, no big deal. So we'd roll out the toilet paper and go up to the window, wherever they're at, and throw them in the you-know. And then one day I came home, and on the family room big picture window, hundreds, hundreds, you could barely see out the window. Uh, you know, I went a little crazy because I knew that, that, that roll of toilet paper, it just, just was not big enough. And I worried about, you know, clogging up the septic system at that point, too. But I began to think, not my house. This is my house. I'm removing you from it. Do you know what I did? I went out to the garage, and I got my little, you know, that sweeper that you sweep out the car with. And I went in the house, unwrapped that cord, and... I sucked those buggers up like you. I set off bug bombs up the chimney and everywhere else I could think of as we would leave the house. I mean, because bottom line is, I wanted those bugs to tell their buddies that I'm going to make sure they're, this is, that, that, that we're, that, that they're, this is my house. My point is that that is how mind invaders work. They infiltrate your mind and interrupt you, and they take over your thoughts on a constant basis. And truth is, friends, statistics tell us that most people have between 50 and 70,000 thoughts a day, and that at least 70% of those thoughts are negative in nature. They're just like little stink bugs that are hanging out and multiplying all over the place. Now, you might be sitting there and for some reason 
for the life of me, I don't know why. But you might think that a person like me does not battle negative thoughts anymore. But I want you to know that I, I don't, I, I, I just don't wake up every day with automated joy and optimism. I don't wake up every day completely free of negativity. That's called heaven. That doesn't happen on earth. If you're tempted to think that way or, 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 or that I would be implying that, you know, please understand that I'm a fellow, fellow warrior with you in this as well. I'm calling us to battle that and to say to you that I'm engaged with it as well. Now don't let yourself think, well, pastor, you know, you've studied it, you've developed yourself, and, you know, you've got this huge head start on me because I got real issues. Well, let me tell you that we all wake up every day to the invasion of mind invaders. That means that you'll never outgrow your need to be intentionally positive. <coughs> Excuse me. You're going to need to be intentional about being positive. You have to be intentional. Turn to your name and tell them. Intentionally. Yeah, because if you're not being intentional, then you have a lot of mind invaders. I can tell you right now, if you're not being intentional about being positive, you have some serious mind invaders. You've probably even got mind invaders that are telling you you don't need to be intentional about being positive. You never have to look for them, is what I'm trying to tell you. But you have to be intentionally positive. Now, here, here's the next part. And I really need to just, you know, you know. You can have it right in your heart and wrong in your head. And the fight in your heart won't compensate for the wrong in your head. Let's say you're driving down the road here and you're, you're wanting to head to Akron, so you go down to 76, and you don't get on the enter's ramp. You seem to go past it and get on, turn on to the off-ramp, going in the wrong direction. <laughs> you can have good intentions, but you just made a bad decision. And the good intentions are not enough to save you from the bad decisions. Being a Christian is, is not just about being a good person who has good intentions. It's about training your mind to think and talk and act in alignment with God's Word. It's about having it right in your head. Now, now one of the ways that we get the wrong thing in our head it's called cognitive distortion. Now, cognitive distortion is, is when our minds present us with a distorted version of the truth. Something that has an element of truth, but it's not actually truth. That is a, a cognitive distortion. The main thing that a cognitive distortion does is that it will overgeneralize, okay? So it exaggerates the negative and leaves out the positive. It, it makes this, what I would call a sweeping conclusion 
about life, about your job, about churches, about race, about rich people, about lawyers, about jobs, about churches, about <laughs> pastors, sweeping conclusions. It, it just overgeneralizes. Anyone notice that we have a lot of that going on in the world today? Something goes wrong, and now everything is wrong. You spill your coffee, and now you've ruined your day. And, and friend, what happens is a situation like these will, will turn an event into, in your life into the story of your life if you're not careful. You know, something happened to you. It, bottom line, it happened. It happened to you because of a person, maybe a doctor, a pastor, a teacher, a parent. <coughs> Excuse me. But the experience... It's factual. It's a true experience for you. It's happened. But what a cognitive distortion will do is that it will tell you that all doctors, all pastors, all teachers will mistreat you if you don't protect yourself from them. I mean, what it does is it makes a sweeping conclusion of truth based on a truth. The mind takes this leap into a distortion of truth. And that distortion then affects how you see other doctors, other pastors, teachers, as well as how you treat them. And if you are a person who has experienced that, and you get a cognitive distortion to that, you know, God rest her soul, but my mom was like that. She had to say, if you know what I mean, that doctors just want your money and hospitals will kill you. But that's what happens, listen, when your belief becomes a behavior. Hmm. I became a pastor when I was about 23 years of age. <laughs> that is so long ago and so young. The truth is, and I know you wouldn't believe me, but I was naive in a lot of ways. What I didn't know or understand is what a challenge, you know, pastor was going to be for me in, in, in relationship to managing my mind. So when something would go wrong, I would think that, you know, everything was going to go wrong. And what I didn't know or what I didn't understand You know, isn't it, isn't it lousy when your mother rats you out? <laughs> Eileen's over here going. <laughs> you can't have a positive life with a negative mind. <laughs> but when, when I made a mistake, I, I just would think that everything was going to go wrong. So when I made a mistake, I would, I'd hear that inner critic. How many know what I'm talking about? It was telling me, you're not a good leader. Others would have done things definitely different in another way. That's what cognitive disorder will do to, our, or will do to us in our minds. 
You shouldn't have to look very far in the world today to get some pretty good examples, if you know what I'm saying. We've got plenty of current examples. In fact, how many of you have had to fight against an exaggeration or a distortion of truth in your mind in, say, the last two years? Hello? Because this is the way mind invaders work. They just accelerate something. They're just like stink bugs. And the first thing you know is, is, is that it is way, way out of proportion. And it is inconsistent with reality and truth. I mean, you remember the Little League scenario and, and, and that you can't have it right in your heart, and, and you, that you can have it right in your heart and, and wrong in your mind. I say that because one of the verses for me as a young pastor, and, and I love the epistles to Timothy. I, I just do. It's where I, I, I got my, I mean, it's, it's my mission statement for my own ministry for myself that comes from there. But he says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, but you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Again, this was written by Paul, and Timothy was very young at this point. <coughs> but when I, come on, when I look at something like this, this is why the word of God is so important. Hello. This is why you want to take notes. This is why you want to be a student of Scripture. Scripture is powerful. And you'll find guiding truths in your life. And, and, and you can even see the personal nature of what Paul is saying and how he's writing to it or writing to him. And it applies to even us, even though it's written to Timothy. So, I look at it this way. It's God telling me. It's, he's telling us, but he's telling me, Beck, keep your head. Keep your head. Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardships. Keep your head. Keep focusing on the ministry. Keep your head. Because you can have it right in the heart. But if you get it wrong in the head... All the rights in your heart cannot make up for the wrong that's in the head. You're going to start exaggerating back. Oh, yeah. You're going to start thinking things that aren't really true. You're going to catastrophize everything. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. You're going to make assumptions. Anybody like me out there? So just like a coach tells a nine-year-old boy or girl that's, you know, as far as sports, stay calm. Stay focused. Don't let them bother you. Don't let it irritate you. Don't let what they do distract you. It's a principle for all through our lives, friend. Keep your head. Keep your head. Keep your head. Keep, turn to your neighbor and tell him, keep your head. Then tell your neighbor, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Look, in, in, in the morning when you wake up, there's going to be some chatter going on. And only you can talk to yourself in a way that will keep you to overcome the chatter 
and to remind you to who you really are. How many know, and here's my next point, thoughts are like trains. They will take you somewhere. Now, now you wouldn't buy a ticket and board the train without asking, where was the train going, right? I love it when you get on the plane, you sit down, you're all buckled in. Hello, this is flight console. Going to. So if you're not going to, you need to exit this flight. It's always comforting. I'm waiting for somebody to tell me that we're... Never mind. But you wouldn't board a train without knowing... Look, you get, people get on trains of thought every day and end up in places like Lonelyville, Pity City, Bad Mood County. Yeah? Some people take daily trips on the complaint train or the worry train, you know, where they can stress about life's problems. So, so, some might be saying right now, oh, pastor, come on, man. You've you got to be real. You've got to be real. Look, being real doesn't mean that you have to be negative. There's a lot of people who think that they are realist when they are actually negative. It's because they're not seeing the positive things of their life. They only see what's bad. They only see what's wrong. They don't factor in the great truth. They, they take that stuff for granted. The mind will do this if you allow it to. I, I don't know about you, but it really bothers me what our kids have gone through over the past two years. Hello? And I, I prayed for our kids. And you know what I pray? And I would invite you to pray this with me. I'm honest with you. I, I, I pray that God would protect them and that God would give back to them the years that the locusts have eaten. Hello. I mean, I've applied verses like I know, but I, I just, I, I've seen what it's ripped apart from them. You know, a, a lot of people will not realize that, that even at a young age that they will begin to eliminate the positive. So a teacher will say, oh, man, good job, Joey. And the kid will go, yeah, yeah, right. You got to say that because you're my teacher. Boom! They pull it right out. But let a friend say, you're stupid. Or you don't, you, you don't look good. You are weird. And that goes in. You know, a parent will say, I'm proud of you. And that same kid will say, yeah, yeah, but you're my mom. You got to love me. We start this stuff as an, at an early age. And, and if you don't realize it, you're going to think that you're being realistic. Well, I'm just being real. No. You're leaning into the wrong internal dialogue. And what you're focusing on is you're focusing your thoughts and your mind and your attention on the wrong place. Can you see how this can build up in a person, in a person's lifetime? So the point is that you can spend your life thinking about the wrong thing, or you can make up your mind to think about the right things and to focus on the right things. And that doesn't mean ignoring problems, hello. That just means you go at a problem with a spirit of faith and an attitude of confidence, hello. Take a, take a look at the scripture, Philippians 4. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just or right, 
whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on or about these things. Hello. I mean, you get to the last line of this, this verse and you go, whoa, need to go back to the beginning then. Whatever things are true, whatever things are, are noble or, or pure or right or lovely or good report or if there's any virtue or if there's any praise, focus, 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 focus. The point is, whatever you think about will determine where you go in life. Oh, you are today, and when I say thoughts are like trains, just think about this. You are today where your thoughts have brought you, and you will be tomorrow where your thoughts will take you. Hello. All those, mm. This is why two people can hear the exact same feedback from their boss and respond completely in different ways. One will think, my boss don't like me. My boss is out to get me. The other's going to think, same conversation, same word, same boss. And the other will say, my boss loves me. My boss wants to help me. Two people, same situation, end up in two different places. One is cynical and one's grateful. How does that happen? Because they are operating from two different mental filters. It's not that the facts are different. It's that the filters are different. Look, filters are not all bad, and, and they're not necessarily negative. Kathy and I, you know, filter things differently. Yeah, that's as far as I'm going with it, okay? But, but, but the bottom line is, I, I, you know, in a relationship, it helps to realize that she's filtering it that way, and I'm filtering it this way, and we need to communicate that. We, we can hear the same conversation, experience the same incident in the room together, and this is how she sees it, and this is how I see it. I, I know I'm just talking to myself right now, right? Any, does anybody know what I'm talking about? All the ladies are going, ha, ha, ha. It's not that all, that, that all filters are negative, friend. And, and, and it's not that every filter is necessarily bad. You just have to know we got filters. And that a filter can make you feel fear in the same situation where someone else feels courage. I need to respect how Kathy filters things, and she needs to respect how I filter things. Please, Kathy, please. And look, there are times where, when you're going to feel brave in some situations where somebody else is going to feel fear. A filter can cause you to feel inadequate in the same circumstance where somebody who has even less skills feels confidence. It's called a filter. A filter can cause you to feel offended when someone else feels thankful and appreciated. A filter can cause you to feel like people are against you. They're out to get you. And a filter can get you to cause 
you to like your job. And a filter can get you to not like your job. A filter can cause you to say that that person who just said or, or did something to you or for you did so because they're really a good friend. Or it can cause you to say, shit, they're not my friend. The way they talk to me and what they said. A filter can hold you back while others are in the same situation. Move forward. I mean, know what I'm talking about. Look, there's a lot that you can't control, and, and you are, are, are not meant to control. The, things like what, where you were born, your family, your race, your life. But I want you to understand this next point. You are the thinker of your thoughts. Say that with me. You are the thinker. Let's make it personal. I am the thinker of my thoughts. You don't have the power to think thoughts for me. And I don't have the power to think thoughts for you. I am the thinker of my thoughts. I am the thinker of my thoughts. God decided a long time ago he's not going to think your thoughts for you. Hello? He delegated that to you. There's a lot of things that you can't control, and there's a lot of things that you can't change. And there's a lot of things that you can't do anything about. But you need to know that when you change your thoughts, you change your life. Hello? Look, as I, I finish this message up this morning, I'm just going to tell you that there's a lot of scriptures that I've gone over in the past. And, and, and they're helpful as we've shared them throughout, you know, the, the, the battling mind invaders. But there's also some declarations that I want to share with you as I close this out. I have found, honestly, that delegations are powerful in guiding my thoughts and in building my life thought. You ready? Let's go through them. I have the mind of Christ. I choose to stand against mind invaders. I choose to have a positive mind with positive thoughts. I will think on things that are true, noble, right, excellent, praise, pure, and praiseworthy. I am hiding God's word in my heart that I might not sin against him. I will look for wisdom as if there is a reward for it because there is. I will look for wisdom as if there is a reward. Hello. God is with me always, even to the ends of the age. He will meet all my needs. He's a I will recognize my invaders by paying attention to my inner dialogue, my moods and my conversations. I will overcome the invasions of mind invaders and live according to the assignment God has for me each day. God has not given me a spirit of confusion. God is not the author of confusion. The spirit God gives me does not make me timid 
but gives me power, love, and self-discipline. So I set my mind on the things above and not on earthly things. Satan is a liar. He's the father of all lies, and there is no truth in him. I will not let my heart be troubled or afraid. I will put my trust in God, who is the Savior of all men. I will not try to please men, but God. I will live by not by sight, and my faith does not rest on men, but on God's power. Can somebody say amen? The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. Stand with me this morning. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Yes. Because the God I serve knows only how to try Here we go. And my God will never fail. Oh, my God will never fail. Oh, I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Now, you might be here this morning, and you might be saying, you, you don't know what I went through, and you don't understand why, why I can't. I can't overcome. That song that we're singing right now is a Bible truth. It's saying every weapon formed against you, every sort of opposition, every setback, everything that is different about you that you would say is a weight on your life. I want you to understand this that God is able of taking the worst things in your life and turning it into something good. He is able to do that. But he needs your participation. He needs your participation and process. He needs you to stop thinking how bad it is and start thinking about how good God is going to turn this bad thing in my life into a blessing. Friend, he's going to turn it into something good. He is going to turn it into something good. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. First verse. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. As they sing may be poor, but it won't prosper. Come on. 
into my heart into my life I ask you to forgive me of my sin to save me and to be my Lord in Jesus name and everybody said amen amen yeah that, that's what it's oh really that's all there is to it heavens to Murgatroyd no but that's all you need to do is receive it. He's done it all. So what you've done here this morning is received him as he has come into your life. And I'm telling you, it's just the beginning. But I, I, I'll tell you right now, you need to act on that. You need to step out on that. You need to say, I just did that. How many are in this place this morning? and would say, you know, I prayed that prayer. I just did that. And, and you do so by just simply slipping up your hand right where you're at. Some, somebody, you had courage enough to do that. You, you need to just simply put that action to that, that step. You know what? I can tell you right now, there's some people in here fighting the daylights out of this thing because they, they don't want to let go of me. But I'll tell you what, me keeps getting in the way. So what makes me think me is going to do any better? I need Jesus. And you know what? I just get blown away about who he is and what he's done. But how many know this morning in this place 
God's telling us, you're not going to have a positive life with a negative mind. It's my homework this week. Pastor said, we got to do it. Yeah, since when did you listen to the pastor before? But I encourage you to do it. God's ready to make a change. God's ready to shift those things and show you who he really is. This morning, I'm not going to have a formal benediction, formal prayer. I just want to encourage you as we sing this through one more time. If you'd like to find a prayer, place of prayer around these altars, we're here to pray with you. If you're here this morning and, and you need a touch, you need something in your life in a special way, you're praying about something, you need a break, whatever it might be, but if God's dealing with your head, God's dealing with your mind, look, that's what Paul talks about when we renew the mind. I'm going to see a victory. And I find that that victory usually takes place. It starts out on my knees. So if you're here this place this morning, you'd like to find a place of prayer, we want to encourage you to do so. Otherwise, may God richly bless you, encourage you, and strengthen you. But as we and let's find that place together. I'm going to 